Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, speak your word to us. Transform our lives. Expose yourself to us as we hear your word. Let your power enter us. As we hear your word, let your spirit enter us. As we hear your word, let us receive from you in the mighty name of Jesus. We rebuke the power of hell. We rebuke the power of sickness. We rebuke every satanic hold on any life. And I declare that your people are set free indeed. Because he who the son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your power. In Jesus' name, and everyone who believes, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. A day of power. A day of power. And in thy day of power. So shall it be for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week I spoke about how um, sacrifice will cost you. Anything that does not cost you is not a sacrifice. If it is a sacrifice, it will cost you. And the scripture was that, the scriptural references, he said, I will not give to the Lord anything that costs me nothing. So if it is a sacrifice, it will cost you. And I explained how life is full of sacrifices. Anything meaningful, any meaningful progress, any meaningful achievement in life (laughs) demands a sacrifice. So this is one of my convictions, firm convictions. This morning is cold. Yesterday it was very chilly. Of freezing temperatures. And this morning is still cold. Um, naturally speaking, the easier thing to do is to just rest in, under your duvet. <laughs> Can you imagine how it will feel? You are under your duvet and then some hot chocolate <laughs> with some shortbread or cake or. <laughs> and then you switch on your television. And you are watching stories. Most of us are very sophisticated. We have gadgets that have recorded previous programs. <laughs> How nice would it be to stay in bed under the duvet in this cold weather? And even if you are married, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> and you are not fighting with your husband or your wife. <laughs> or maybe you have your children with you in bed. You know, the way, if you have little children, the way they can jump on you in bed and all of you are at the duvet and you are, you are coasting in life. <laughs> then, later on, when the, the winter is over, you realize that you haven't done a lot with your life. <laughs> we are hiding under the duvet. Now, 
come, come out to face the summer. <laughs> so summer when people are enjoying life and going for holidays, you don't have money because when people, winter, they were working to save the money, you were under the duvet. <laughs> so that's, that's life. Life requires sacrifice. You can't have a good marriage if you are not willing to sacrifice. This is what my husband said, but as for me, I don't care. You are not serious. <laughs> this is what my wife said. Ah, me, I don't care. I don't care. How old you? My wife wants me every evening to take a wash, but I don't care. <laughs> because if you're not my mother, my mother couldn't make me do it. How much of my wife? <laughs> so, the reason why you couldn't become you couldn't become a PhD holder or a master's holder. It's because of, you are not willing. You were not willing to sacrifice. Oh, but Pastor, I, I went to school. I did the course, but I didn't get a lot of A's. It's because you were not willing to sacrifice. You had an exam, some examinations coming, and you were still watching TV like someone who is uh, preparing for a fashion show. So. Any, everything meaningful in life requires and demands a sacrifice. Why is it that you want to experience the goodness of God and that one you don't want to put in any sacrifice? The level of your sacrifice will determine the intensity of the results. There was a time in the Bible People came to church, uh, came to the temple to give their offerings. And Jesus called the disciples and he said, this widow has given more than everyone. So that means that even before God, there are dimensions, the weight behind your sacrifice is, is recognized by God. Jesus said, this one has given more. Numerically, his, hers was little. But the proportion it represented in her life was everything. Jesus said, this woman has given more than all of them because of the, the cost in her sacrifice. So, the, the level of your sacrifice will always determine the intensity of the results from above. It is necessary. Tell someone, it is necessary. necessary. Or oh, say it properly, it is necessary. Your sacrifice is necessary for the manifestation of the power of God in your life. So God, for God, God said, I want to show you how things work on earth. So he gave his best. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ, when he was about to go and die, his disciples said, no, master, you can't go and do this. He said that, allow me, I have to do this because it is necessary. And the scriptures make us to understand in Philippians chapter 2 that because he was obedient even to the death of the cross, wherefore God has high, also highly exalted him. The Bible uses some words, interesting. He uses therefore or wherefore, and he uses the word also. My, my, my translation said, wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, 
Every knee, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, that was, every knee will bow. Why? Because of the intensity of his sacrifice, the, the level of his elevation is way above anybody on earth because nobody has ever done giving the kind of sacrifice he gave. I see your sacrifice working for you. People want to walk with God or people want to enjoy from God without any level of sacrifice. Sacrifice is the way of life. Sacrifice is the way of laughter in life. And so, you want your children to do well, you, as I said last Sunday, you have to sacrifice some time with the children. Maybe some extra job opportunities, you may have to turn them down because of your children. The problem is most of us want our children to be wearing designer shoes. But you know they don't know the difference. It's you, it matters too. But with them, Primark is okay. Uh, even Primark is very high. East Street. That child will need you, that child will need you to be part, to help him, help her with her homework. More than the way you are busy and other people are raising your children for you. If it's not the school, it's some other person who you pay to raise the child for you. So that you can go and get more money to be paying them. <laughs> children spell love. You know how children spell love? Children spell love, T-I-M-E. The time you spend with your child is how they define how much you love them. But we understand in the United Kingdom, and particularly in the West and in London and our modern day times, that times have become very... Um, to, to be able to have any meaningful success in life, you have to pay a high cost. It is not worth, worth it if being a success outside means being a failure at home. So don't sacrifice domestic success for um, public or professional success. What do you need? You need both. Because if you just stay at home under the duvet, because you are spending time with your children, because you are, I, I just want to make sure I, I give my wife quality time. Very soon, the heating will be off. And the, that duvet will be so old, it can't keep you warm. <laughs> so you may have to buy another duvet. So it's very important to appreciate the, um, the necessity for sacrifice that it transcends every aspect of our lives, in your professional aspect, in your professional life, in your career, even in your health. There are some things you have to sacrifice eating them. I'm realizing as I'm, I am growing a little bit older that many sicknesses are all food related. Many sicknesses. 
food related. And if it's not food related, then it's lack, lack of activity. The other time I saw a certain woman in my neighborhood walking her dog. And every day she goes to walk the dog. And it looks like some of us, you may need a dog. <laughs> Just to force you to do some walking. Because you are not exercising or you are not mobile enough. And later on, you become a medical concern. I can guarantee you. Health is mainly, largely, a function of your diet or your food, your diet, and your activities. I found out that, you know what's happening in our world? We have put all our confidence in the um, healthcare. Now, even Obamacare is under attack. <laughs> Good health care does not always guarantee enjoyable life, a health life. Because I grew up in Ghana, and I realized that many people have healthy lives, just that the health care may not be as good. So sometimes when the health care is not good and sudden sickness comes in, the impact can be very grim. But many people, the food is good. Many, much of the food is purely organic. Yes. And walking and sweating. Yes. So it keeps people healthier yeah. than most of us who are, who, have, who, are, who are growing on all kinds of sophisticated food. Sacrifice, say sacrifice. sacrifice. So drink, say, drink more water. Yes, yes. Drink water. Sacrifice the juice. Sometimes when I look at some people, I, it baffles. I don't want to come down because I'll, I'll, I'll go on too much and I want to come down. It baffles me why they still drink Coke. Or fizzy drink. Look at you. <laughs> you know you shouldn't be drinking Coke. You shouldn't be drinking Fanta. You go to Nando's and you want you, you like Nando's because of the bottomless. <laughs> Cocktail. <laughs> but with your health condition, there are some things they shouldn't enter your mouth. It is called responsibility. And then you have left the responsibility on the pastor to pray for your healing. I know people who have driven away cancer from their life by changing, radically changing their diet. 
I know I'm a cancer specialist by God's grace. <laughs> but we can focus on some other things. When we have marginalized unnecessary challenges. Say sacrifice. sacrifice. The way you are talking to your husband. The way you address your wife. Are you surprised you don't have a good marriage? I guarantee you, every good marriage requires a very hefty sacrifice. When you see some people have been married for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, just talk to the woman or talk to the man. And they will tell you the level of, some of you know, your parents, your mother, the sacrifice she has, she has, she had to make in order to keep the marriage going. that pawn. I don't want to go too much into that because I, I will very soon start prophesying. <laughs> because you know what? The Spirit of God just showed me. There's someone here, you were doing pawn all last night. Some of the people who are shouting, hey, they, they. <laughs> what was it? What was it? I, mean, I, I feel like prophesy. I feel like prophesy. I, I know what I'm talking about. Only, ah, calm down now. <laughs> because I really want us to pray today, so I don't want to really. Sir, only the one who God is speaking to knows I'm speaking from God. And you are seated here with a heavy heart. Because you are quite sad about how this thing is taking an advantage over your life. I'm not the one to tell you, hey, no, 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 no. I just want to challenge you to learn how to sacrifice some things. Because your level of happiness is direct proportion or directly related to your, the level of your sacrifices. The, the advantage you have in future has everything to do with your level of sacrifice now. So the reason why I'm so serious in my pursuit of God is because I know tomorrow will be in my interest. You, you can't walk with God and be a victim tomorrow. No way. But walking, sister, walking with God requires sacrifice. Requires sacrifice. Somebody shout sacrifice. Sacrifice. Some of you are in relationships you need to Slaughter on the altar. That relationship is denying you your glorious tomorrow. I said, I don't know. It's all cool. I don't know how not to be with somebody in this winter. I don't know. Dummy, change your approach because summer is coming. I was just told 
recently that many of some of the sisters, it's a big thing for them, not sisters in church, but it's the same people in church that come to you. I mean, so I mean, that's okay. But it's a big thing for you to go through winter without a relationship. Yeah, some people it's like that. I wonder why. <laughs> Now, it may seem desirable or you just, just it may seem like it, it meets a need for you, but it's actually, it's eroding your joy of tomorrow, yeah. your peace for tomorrow. Yeah. Why do you keep yourself in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in? Sacrifice. Sacrifice is costly, but it's gainful. Sacrifice. This year is our day of power, but it calls for sacrifice. Many people who don't want to fast. Now, this is one of the things that beats my understanding, or beats my mind. It doesn't beat my mind, but it's, it's quite intriguing. That a young, well-trained professional, top uh, IT guru, medical doctor, lawyer, or something, trained, well-trained in United Kingdom or America or somewhere, will leave everything and fly to Syria to go and fight and all the, they have, they have, it, those things don't matter anymore. Can jump on a plane and murder himself or kill himself and blow himself and murder others because they believe that this is how I should live my life. And so, it has become wow. even much, watch this, it has become even much more fashionable yeah. okay. for many people, not because of the, of the aggression, but it because it looks like this is genuine. The conviction is high. Yeah. Why Christians, your boss, Muslim will tell you, I have to go and pray. This, this afternoon, I have to go and pray. The Christians will don't worry. In fact, you who are Christian, if you want to go and pray, the other person who comes as a Christian will fight you. Yeah. Fight you. May I digress to say this? Never take a stand against a Christian. Never. Never take a stand against a Christian because of their spiritual activity. So the person is going to church. Maybe the person is not keeping the good balance. But don't fight the going to church. Do you understand? Don't take it and join. Unbelievers team up with them and find someone because he's praying too much. And find someone because it's not everywhere you have to preach. You are going to create problems. And the person is trying to preach. Maybe he's preaching out of context. But you don't join an unbeliever in fighting a believer when the believer is embarking on a spiritual activity. Oh, Father Hayward Mills. <laughs> Doug said, you are a pastor. 
sitting behind the television, watching the Christian channel, and another pastor is preaching and maybe saying one or two rubbish. And then you are sitting there and look at all these nonsense people. A pastor insulting someone, you and your wife, blasting someone who is preaching the gospel on TV. Many Christians attack Christians very easily because we think we know better than them. Yes, you may know better than them, but if you are not doing better, even if you are doing better, you do not have to attack a Christian who is trying to do some spiritual activity. The best you can do is, if you think they are out of, out of context or out of balance, try and draw their attention and help them. I think this, if they don't listen to, because Christians can be very stubborn, if they don't listen, if they don't listen to you, at least, Keep them in prayer and don't be the one who will stand in the way to the extent that their wives who have, been, who have managed to stop their husbands from pursuing God. When you have come to sit in church, you are praying that my husband doesn't like coming to church. He would have loved it if you had shut up when he was trying to go further. Some of us are children. Our children. I, I mean, if your child... Every evening, he said, I'm going to pray. And he has exam tomorrow. I think responsible parenting will have to let you know, you know that you are, I want you to pray, but you finish this exam. Pray. You have been praying three hours a day. Can you just pray 30 minutes? Or someone came and asked me, oh, someone came and asked me, I have an exam coming. Um, uh, no. And I live with my parents. I'm not sure. Because my parents, this fasting that we are going to be meeting every evening, Pastor, I don't want anything to come in my way. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I want to come. But my father doesn't want me to go for every evening. And I said, listen to your father. Because unless, of course, no, 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 this is, unless, of course, he's, he, he can see that when you go home, you are not going, watching your favorite TV shows. You are always behind your book. You have cut down entertainment and you have cut down everything and you are putting, the, you are investing that pleasure into studies. And then they can tell that this time is okay for you. You can, because you are, you have given enough time for the books. But many, many of us, we want to keep other things. Yeah. And, but I still love God, so I want to also keep the activity. Something will suffer. There must always be a sacrifice. I had to, last night we came to pray. I had to wake up early, make sure I had to leave uh, my, uh, the children because we are going to be here all day. So leave the arm, have to be here very early and come. And I travel missing the comfort of having them with me. I woke up early, do the things I have to do because it's necessary. It's sacrifice. Say sacrifice. sacrifice. Some people think when they come to church one week, once a week, they have done so well. You, it looks like, it depends on, you know, it's relative. Where you are talking from. Because if you are sitting in the midst of people who go to church once a year, and you have done it once a week, it may look like you have done very well. <laughs> the one-eyed man is keen amongst the blind. Someone say sacrifice. sacrifice. I want to appeal to the heart of somebody that you cannot enjoy God the way you should outside of genuine sacrifice. Some of you, the reason why your spiritual life is plummeting is because of your relationships. Because of the people you hang around. 
regularly and drink with and smoke with and watch with and laugh with. Because what, what they find funny is actually very, very, it's not helpful or healthy for your spiritual life. You are hanging out with people who are always swearing. He said, these are my friends. And swearing makes, is what gives them fun. Or attacking other people praying is what gives them fun. And you are hanging around with them, there's no way you can pray. When people, for years, years, when people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know, I want to do this, but I'm struggling. I want to pray more, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with my Christian life. My number one question is, who are your friends? Because who you hang around with, or who you, who you hang around, or who, who you hang around, will determine the prices you'll be willing to pay. Um, do you know some people can't feel comfortable in this church because of the kind of preaching here? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We are very much aware, but they make it easier for us. Because we travel light. <laughs> it's necessary. Someone say sacrifice. sacrifice. One of the areas of sacrifice that every every believer, say believer. Every believer must engage himself is the sacrifice to do God's work. Sacrifice to do God's work. Sacrifice to do God's work. Never be found at any point in time in your Christian journey and you are not engaged in the things of God. In other words, engaging to serve others and serve the church. I mean, I want to just go to church, but I can't do anything. I have to just go to church. I can understand it. But I want to appeal to you to realize that God takes serious people who do things in his house. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. I think it would be good we all read it before I come to the Bible. Let's all read it from the screen. Let's go. For God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, which you show towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints, and you do minister. Hmm. Give me that King James, please. It's unjust, but let's, I prepared this one. All right, give me the new King James. Let's use the unjust. Let's stay with the unjust. God is not unjust. What's the meaning of this? This is talking about justice, right? It's not right. It's not right. It's not good. It's a, no, justice. God is not unjust. So what will make God unjust? Forgetfulness. <laughs> Forgetfulness will make him unjust. But God is never unjust. So he cannot forget. What does he remember? What does he remember? Is it your faith? Is it your belief? <laughs> or your heart? You know, I have a very good heart. No. God remembers your work. God is not unjust to forget your labor. King James say your labor. And you can just say your, your work. And okay, your work and labor. You know, labor is even much intense than work. La- labor is intense. That's why we don't say a woman who is pregnant is in work or at work. She's in labor. If you see a woman who is in labor, 
or labor is not, not, not when the show starts. Sometimes it's not easy. I went to the labor world, I didn't like the noise I was hearing. Someone will be screaming, ah, ah, and then you, what's going on here? That's, that's, that's what happens here. People scream, why? Because they are in labor. So that means that God will not forget that labor of love. You have put in so much to just do the work, to, to serve others. It's costing your pride. It's costing your ego. It's costing you money. It's costing you all kinds of things. But it's a labor of love. God's Bible says God can never forget that one. That's why it's a sacrifice. God, if, if God dares forget, that's not justice. That's not right. That's not justice he has broken. And there's no unjustness in God. For God is not unrighteous or unjust to, for, to forget your work and the labor of love. Which kind of one? Let's, 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 let's check if God going to stand anywhere and do anything. Let's, let's, let's get it in, within context. The labor of love, which you have shown towards who? Towards what? His name. Ah, where is his name? How did I show labor, uh, love towards his name? Where? Where is his name? Then he goes on to explain it. In that, you have ministers to, to the saints. There are people here who have ministers to the saints, but they are not, they don't do minister. I used to be an usher. I used to be a choirista till I got married. I used to be a this. I used not to sleep when pastor is preaching. I, <laughs> I think that will help you, didn't it? <laughs> I used to be a sound man. I used to serve early. I used to come early to serve. I used to. That's good. God remembers that. All right? But he still remembers the one you are still doing. In that you, you have ministered to the saints. So the point I'm making here is that the area of our areas of sacrifice is to serve the people of God. Serve the people of God. Serve the house of God. You don't necessarily have to go and stand before someone with grapes and say, I'm serving you. But every way, like the gentleman who came up here to come and help fix my, do you know who he's doing it for? Not for me, but he's serving the saints. The, the guy behind the scriptures typing, do you know what he's doing? He's serving the saints. How about you sitting on the nice chair? What are you doing? You are serving yourself. <laughs> you are helping yourself. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2 verse 17. Say, yea, I'm reading from King James. Yea, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Yes, if I be offered, with the, the New King James. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering, not a drink sacrifice, on the uh, uh, drink offering, okay, drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad. So I'm doing this for your faith. And he said, I'm being, my life, that's what the apostle is saying, my life is being poured out as an offering just to service your faith. He said, I, I joy. 
The King James said, if I be offered, if, uh, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. I'm happy to sacrifice for you. He, the same chapter, he went on to speak about Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. God had to keep the guy alive. God had to keep him alive because of the saints and because of the apostle himself. Chapter, chapter verse 24. Put verse 20, give me verse 24. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. The next verse. Yet I consider it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministers to my need. So what was the status of Epaphroditus? He was a brother, he was a brother, a fellow worker, and what? A fellow soldier. What was he? A brother, a fellow worker, and a fellow soldier. And someone who, a messenger, who ministers to the, who is their messenger and ministers to Paul the apostle's needs? So the things that are necessary uh, that Paul needs, he ministers them to Paul and he's serving the other guys. And listen to what Paul said in the next verse. The next verse is very interesting. Let's all read it out together. Let's go. Now, he was longing for the church guys. All right. He was longing for the Philippians. He longed for them. He loved them. And he was very worried because the guys have heard that this guy, Epaphroditus, was sick. Why was he sick? Only God knows. Sickness for the good man like that. But guess what? For indeed, he was sick almost unto death. The guy almost died. But why did he die? But God had mercy on him. Not only him, who also, not only him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. The guy was so useful. Paul said that. For my sake, God just showed me mercy. Do you know why? Because this guy ministered to my need. And this, look at this guy. The guy's sickness was not his brother, but his brother was the fact that the guy, the, the Philippian church, the, the church in Philippi, which he was serving, had heard that he was sick. He wanted, he didn't want them to be distressed. He didn't want them to be worried. So the fact that they are going to be worried about his sickness was more a bother to him. That's how much he was a servant to them. No wonder God had to have mercy on him and keep him. In the day of your need, your sacrifice on God's altar is what will speak for you. Amen. Your sacrifice on the altar of God is what will speak for you. Amen. I want to encourage someone that this season of sacrifice, this, this um, month of sacrifice and our season of power, engage in sacrifice. Sacrifice your bed for prayer. Sacrifice your bed for prayer. A little, a little push. Let's say you pray five, um, five minutes a day. Why don't you make it ten minutes? Oh, because I have to catch my train. So wake up early. Oh, I, you see, there are things that are so important to you. Oh, as for me, I just, I just like my evening tea. Or I like my particular TV program. The things you like 
which will stay in the way of God or in the way of the call of, of God on you, the demand of God on you. The things you like may not be evil, they may not be bad in themselves, but as long as they are, it stays in the way of what you know God will want you to do, those things you like, you must sacrifice them. That's how it works. And guess what? There is no level of sacrifice you give and God will forget. You can't make any sacrifice towards the work of God, towards his, his, his people, towards his, his demands, and God will forget it. This year is going to be a very good year for somebody. Yeah. I said this year is going to be saturated with testimonies, amazing testimony. Every month will be a month of testimony. Every day will be an opportunity for testimony. This year, God will favor you. 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 If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Now, I want us to take it a bit further and then we can start praying. It is important to see power, to experience power, sacrifice is necessary. Pastor O spoke about it earlier on. To experience power, the Holy Ghost. Someone say, oh, the Holy Ghost. I'm going to speak about the Holy Ghost in a minute and then we pray. But to experience power, prayer. Let's look at this text quickly. In Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I like that text so much. Is it okay? We're all reading from the screen because I have to rush through this. Are you ready? Let's go. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldly. So when they had prayed, the place shook. But what happened to them? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Look at verse 33. Verse 33. And with great... Did you see that? Did you see that? You see, see that power was working. Power was working because they had prayed and they had been filled with the Holy Ghost. So power was working. With great Power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them. Power. They prayed and power was available to do the work. Listen, in life, if power is not on your side, you'll be a victim. And at best, you'll be saying it's unfair, it's unfair. Life has never been fair and life is not fair. And until you rise up and operate in certain levels of power, people and situations will always take advantage of you. Or, let me put it this way, you will end up becoming a victim of circumstances. Prayer. That's why we pray. Listen. Don't, don't, don't outsource your prayer to some prayer warriors. No, some powerful pastor, some powerful prophet. Don't outsource it. Take personal responsibility. But I don't know how to pray. You have to find a way to pray. <laughs> you, you, brother, you have to pray. You have to pray because, you see, listen, don't wait to sense imminent danger before you rise up. That's what I like about security services in United Kingdom and, and no matter, every they, they, they don't have to wait till there's a, a trend before. They are always alert, constantly alert. That's why we have this kind of, there they, they are some people, they hate us in United Kingdom 
They hate, they, they will do anything to kill, maim, shed blood. But the, sec, the, the security services are always alert. They don't wait for emergency. Why do you have to wait for a medical diagnosis before you start coming to church? Hey, please pray for me. Don't wait for that. Look at your family trend. That may advise you that usually people in my family, when they are 20 or when they are uh, uh, 31, this sickness usually comes around. Or when they get a job, they lose their job. Or they don't seem to get married. Or when they get married, they can't give birth. You know that childbirth is a major challenge in your bloodline. Why do you have to wait to get married? No. Pray. You keep praying. As soon as you get married, before you could be say, Jack, you have three children already. Amen. <laughs> you have heard that the, the company you work with, you work for, the branch in Birmingham, they have laid of 17 people. Liverpool branch, which is, which is the key branch. Anyone there is very important. They have laid off uh, uh, 20 people. And your branch really doesn't... <laughs> actually, your, fr- your branch is a failing branch. You have seen what has happened in Manchester, what has happened in Liverpool. Are you waiting for them to call you for a meeting before you, you come for a prayer meeting? No way! But if I were you, I won't even wait till there's a problem in any branch. Just keep walking with God in prayer and walking in power for your sake. Some things will have. Bible says that God had mercy on Epaphroditus. God will have mercy on you because of the way you are walking with him, the way you are sacrificing, and some things will never come near you. Some things will never come near you. In the name of Jesus. Three weeks ago, you were just driving pass and then they, two, late, two, two days later they brought you a fine. <laughs> the same thing happened to your wife three days later. And then your neighbor told you or your brother told you he's also got a fine but he don't, normally it's not normal. Sister, that tells you that something, is seem, something seems to have changed in the air. Don't wait for it to come bigger. Start tackling that thing. Pray. Rise up to pray. You know, your father used to have these neck issues. Aye. Suddenly, you have started feeling the thing. <laughs> no, don't go to hospital before. Don't wait for a, for, for a scan. No. Pray way before it becomes a scan issue. So when you come to church, they say pray. No, you see, you can't say, oh, I'm so tired. I like my sleep so much. So you will not pray. Because if you knew how much what you actually love in life is at stake, you will sacrifice that temporary sleep which you treasure to protect the actual things in life which you love. Some of you, if you don't pray, the issue about your other brother who doesn't go to church, because he can't pray for himself, his destiny is hinged on your prayer life. Your family cannot afford another major crisis. No. 
You know that there seems to be a, there's crisis looming. And you won't pray. You can't live like your friends are living. Because their family, everyone is a top surgeon. Or politician, doctor, everything seems to be okay for them. But you know, your, yours ain't right. As I normally say, when you are running, something is chasing you. Don't run like the way he's running. You, maybe he's being chased by a lizard. <laughs> or a rat. But you, is a tiger that is after you. <laughs> a tiger is after you. If your, your neighbor is being chased by a dog, it's okay. She can still wear high heels. And maybe if she can be smart fast enough, she can climb on a tree, onto a tree or something. But if it's a tiger that is chasing you, if you climb the tree, it's coming there. So don't do it the way everybody is doing it. Do it contextually. Look at what is for hey, look at what is following you to determine how much you have to pray. Yes. You don't have to agree with me. Live a little longer and you realize that this thing is true. But I see God sparing you. Amen. I said I see God sparing you. Amen. I see God sparing you. Amen. Don't wait for bad reports to start coming from your children's school about how many of the children, this has happened to one of the children, this has happened to, and don't wait for it. Prayer and secure your children. Sometimes because of them, even there will not be an outbreak. And in case there is an outbreak, they will find out that there is a believer's child in that school. Something shouldn't come near you. How many of us are ready to pray? Prayer releases power. Faith releases power. He, went, he was full of faith and Holy Ghost, and he was full of faith and power, as Pastor Ho referred this earlier on. Faith. Believe God. When you believe God, it releases his power. God is not so much concerned about what you do. I'll explain it. God's obsession is not what you do. It's what you believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will do good things will not perish. No. God has never been obsessed with what we do. His obsession is what we believe. And then when you believe out of your belief, if it's a genuine faith, it will show, it will impact what you do. So two people may be doing the same thing. One is out of faith, one is out of copy. The one out of faith is the one God respects and yeah. God will acknowledge. Yeah. The one out of copy, God doesn't even notice it because God only recognizes faith. Mm. You want to operate in power? Anything that will undermine your faith, stay away from it. Anything that will undermine your faith, stay away from it. Because if your faith goes down, power will go down. Power level. <sighs> When faith goes up, power level. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 8. 2 Kings 5, 8. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, say man of God. 
Say, man of God. Man of God. The other time, Pastor Frank told me, one of the guys, a certain gentleman was, um, he was asked to see him. He wasn't coming for a long time. And the gentleman eventually, they called him. He had the testimony to come for faith clinic. And that time, God told me that we should declare First December Faith Clinic as a healing service. He told me the guy came. He prayed with him. But the guy's situation, he told the guy, you need to come to church. So that first Sunday, um, that, that was uh, 4th December, we had praise night that night. The guy came to the church. And that, me, what I saw, the guy came to church and came and gave his life to Christ. He, yes. came, he, he walked yes. forward here. Yes. He walked forward here. Yeah, that day he was the only one who came and gave his life to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. When you come to Christ, you, what you get is life. Yeah. There are so many things that will account for your testimony. Yeah. But when he came and gave his life to Christ, yeah. the testimony began working properly. After church, Pastor Frank brought to you, he said, Pastor, this guy came, I prayed for him, but I told him he needs to come here. You need to pray for him. Yeah. I said, it's done. Yeah. I saw him coming forward, yeah. giving his life to Christ. Yeah. So the point here is that when you learn how to take steps, spiritual steps, you are the one who end up benefiting enormously. Yeah. Yeah. Enormously. Step faith. Bible says that all this guy needed was a man of God. He, and the gentleman's testimony, the brother says that his brother in America said, go see this one, one of the pastors in Caris, a man of God, go and see him. Listen, don't joke for the opportunity to yeah. see a man of God. Yeah. It releases power. Yeah. So they tell him to come for his final check. His final check after everything come. Pastor Frank said, no, don't worry. When you go, you'll be, be okay. When he brought him, he told me that, Pastor, this is the situation. I said, you shouldn't worry. We are cancer specialists. Yes. Once you step in here, you'll be okay. Once you step in here. And I remember what I told him after seven. What I told him, that make sure you keep coming. Because that's what we guarantee. And he went to do the... Now, the point here is that if they know Chemo always works. They won't tell you come for final checkup. Yes. Come and let's see what, if the thing is still there or it's not there. That's why they, he, he will go, you have to go for examination. If chemotherapy cures cancer completely, Jade Goody wouldn't have died. Young lady with a promising future. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, Heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore, why have you rent your clothes? Let this Syrian come to me. Let him come to me, and he will know that there is a. <laughs> Let him come. He will know there's a prophet here. Let him come. He will know God has got agents he works through. Now I'm talking about releasing power. Sacrifice, faith, prayer, prophet, the prophet, the prophet, the servant of God, the prophet, 
the prophet. When God wants to help you, he will send you an agent, the prophet. Never, never deal with them based on your, their humanity. Deal with them based on the grace on their life. The prophet. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. Oh, one of the scriptures I just like. I fall in love with the scripture. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, he says that, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord? We are kings. We are going to fight. And now our lives are at stake. Jehoshaphat said, the, the, the king of one was worried. And Jehoshaphat said, listen, why are we fretting? Is there not a prophet here? That we may inquire of the Lord by him. And, and one of the kings, uh, king of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, son of Shaphat, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And he says that, the word of the Lord is in the mouth. It's in the mouth. Let us go to him. The point here is that there are some things that cannot befall you when there is a prophet of God in your life. The prophet sounds very spooky for some of you or sounds very grandiose for some of you. A servant of God in your life. One word from a servant of God Last, last Sunday, do you remember the testimony? The lady said she came to church. Um, and then I gave the word that there's somebody here, before the end of this year, whatever you are placing before God will be done. She was believing God for a marriage. She wanted a child and something else. Uh, you, know, you have to get a man. And then marry. She was not in a relationship. You have to get a man. And then the man must choose to marry. You know, this one, because some of you have guys who still you don't understand them. You are asking about what anytime ask, are we not married? He gets upset. You know, he's just telling you advice yourself. <laughs> All right. So three requests within one year. Last Sunday she stood here. Was it last Sunday? She, the one before. By the way, the lady who got the job in uh, Congo, she said, "Man of the man of God said that." Whatever you are praying about, or I prophesy by his life, I prophesy. And she said she held on to the word. She held on to the word. She held on. Did you hear the testimony this morning? The sister said, K group came to my house. And for some reason, God's servant, she used the word God's servant. That changes everything. She said, God's servant stepped in our K group. And when she, he stepped in our K group, he said, Anybody who anything money is owed you, that has been delayed. I, re, I declare its release. The next day, the money that the court couldn't bring, the money that lawyers couldn't deal with, the money that phone calls couldn't deal with, only one word from a prophet, only one word from a man of God. And I stand here as God's servant. And I issue a decree in your life that every blessing that is due you, every miracle that is due you, I release it over your life. I release it into your life. In the name of Jesus, I release it into your life. By the power of the Holy Ghost, so shall it be. So shall it be. So shall it be. So shall it be. Watch this, watch this. Verse 12 of 2 Kings chapter 3. Verse 12. And then, and Jehoshaphat said, he wears nice suits. Jehoshaphat said, he has good English. Jehoshaphat said, he has big words. You know, nowadays in our generation, 
We have changed the pulpit to become a center of display. Center of display of human abilities. Human enablement. All kinds of display and demonstration of eloquence. But no power. But no power. He said, the word, Jehoshaphat, the word of the Lord is with him. As long as, as long as he poured water, he served Elisha, that's the man of God, that's what we need. Don't let us stand here and, and run into conclusions that we are about to die, trouble is coming because there's no water. Let's go, let's look for a man of God. And someone said, there's someone here who had a relationship with Elijah, actually served Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, let's go. The word of the Lord in his mouth. Now watch this. Jehoshaphat didn't go to him as Elijah's servant. Jehoshaphat went to him as someone who God's word in his mouth is in his mouth. That is what worked for him. Because if he had gone to him as an ordinary man, let's see if he can do something, chances are that he won't be able to do anything. But he went and believed that this is a prophet of God. When he speaks, Paul will be released. And guess what? Bible says, I said, let the minstrel play. And when the minstrel played, played, Bible says, verse 16, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And verse 17, he says, you shall not see rain. You shall not see wind. Bible says, oh, go to verse 16 again. Verse 16, verse 16. And he said, that saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. When the musician played, the, the spirit came upon him and he began to speak. And he says that, verse 17, he says that, listen to this. He said, for Abashaka, ta, 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 Someone say, that say the Lord. Say, that say the Lord. He said, this is what God is saying. A man of God's value is what God says through him. You are not a man of God if God's word is not in your mouth. I don't care which Bible school you attended. Give me a break. Bible school doesn't make men of God. Bible school never makes men of God. Never. Theological seminary or cemetery that never, never make men of God. Never make men of God. The other time I felt like tweeting. Uh, last three days or so, I felt like just sometimes I get some inspiration of some that that as a man of God, your greatest value is, is in your time with God. Yeah. Not your time before the people. Your greatest value, your greatest advantage is the time you have spent with God. I was telling some young ones the other time I was teaching, and I said, listen, don't think that. You see, the way I was even talking, it's out of passion. But you can learn it and do it better than me. Don't think that. I'm telling you. It does not the guarantee power. No, My no. spiritual father, Oye Nebo, who stand there, he said, God bless you. You can do it better than even you. You can even acrobat about it. Ah, God bless you. God bless you. Nothing will happen. Listen, some of the young men nowadays, when they get chance to pray for people, some people, some people, if you pray for them, they will fall. Your time you have spent with God. Tell me that. The time you have spent with God. And the grace on your life. He said, the man of God said, he, he, he doesn't see people falling so much. But results are amazing. Amazing results. There is a man sent from 
Someone say, man of God. Shout, man of God. The value of a man of God has everything to do with it, the time he spends with God. Yes. Not the English he speaks. Mm. He said, the queen's English is in his mouth. Hey. No. No, no, no. He said, no. the word no. of the Lord no. is in his mouth. Wow. And that word is creative. The cre- it carries the creatorial powers of God. When he speaks, things begin to happen. Brothers and sisters, may I submit to you you can choose to believe or not. But may I submit to you, I stand here as a, a servant of God. Amen. To speak into your situation for things to change. I command situations to change for you. I issue supernatural injunction over every satanic activity. I declare your freedom. I declare your breakthrough. I declare your peace. I bless you. I, I declare the blessings of God. The favor of God. The hand of God upon your life. Power! 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 Now, please rise to your feet. We want to do some praying. We want to do some praying. How of you are ready to pray? Listen, listen, listen. There is power here. This morning, when we were praying, I saw something that looked like cloud coming in the building. And I knew the presence of God is going to be here. We are going to pray in a minute. When we start praying, what are we praying? We are praying only for one thing. Holy, Holy Spirit, come upon us. We are praying one prayer. Holy Spirit, I need, how many of you need the Holy Spirit? Mary said to the angel, how can this, this, these things be? Since I know no man. And the angel said to Mary, you don't need to know any man. In Luke chapter 1 verse 35, he said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, Power is released upon your life. Stephen went. Philip went to Samaria full of the Holy Ghost. Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. Philip was full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. The apostles were full of the Holy Ghost. It took the Holy Ghost for that thing to happen. Listen, when you ah, feel like preaching, when you are... I, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't always have to exercise, speak out. The devil will back off. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes you step somewhere and satanic situations go back. Bible says that when Jesus crossed to the other side, when they got there, there was a man who had a spirit of lunacy. The man came and started pleading. The demon said, what do you want to do with us? He didn't speak to them. They recognize him. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, no one can touch you. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, when they try, they will, have the, they will see the results. We are going to pray that Holy Ghost come upon us. Holy Ghost come upon us. Now, listen to this. In Acts chapter, chapter 4 verse 29, Bible says that and Makayakasa. Let's all read it. Let's all read it. Acts 4. Sorry. Verse 31. Let's go to verse 31. Let's go. Go to verse 29. Go to verse 29. Let's all go. Now. Look, 
upon the threat that they are meeting out against us. And grant what? What was their prayer request? What was their prayer request? He said, grant us that with boldness we will speak your word. That was their prayer request. That was the actual problem on, on, on the ground. But Bible 31 says that when they had prayed, it wasn't boldness that came. When they had prayed, the place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, whatever resource that needs to come in your life is going to come. The problem with your life is the lack of the infilling of the Spirit. That is the problem. And I dare you to desire. I dare you to place a demand. The Holy Ghost is always ready to fill somebody. The Holy Ghost is always ready to come upon somebody. It depends on your determination, your desire. Hallelujah. Last text, and then we pray. In the book of John, Marcus, chapter 7, verse 36. On the last day, the great day of the feast. John 7. 37, okay. On the last day, the great, great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, that is where the key is. What he said, if anyone, if anyone, I can't hear you, if anyone, sorry, if anyone, If anyone just let him come and drink, it's not by force. What qualifies you for the drink is your test, not your coolness. Bible says that when the Holy Ghost came, they thought they were they are, they were drunk because the guys were under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Their behavior looked like some people who were out of their mind, but that's okay. It's their problem. When they are judging you, you are also being filled. When they are looking at you funny, you are being filled. I'm telling you, Jesus said, if you are thirsty, come and drink. And he says that for the scriptures have said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Look at verse 39. Look at verse 39. He said that, but this he spoke concerning the spirit. So when he said come and drink, he wasn't talking about water. He was talking about the spirit. 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 Listen, you are complaining about your marriage, about your health, about your, your job, about what you need is actually the spirit. You are complaining about who doesn't like you, who likes you, what is not working for you. Stop that and begin to place a demand on God for a supply of his spirit. And anytime we come together, listen, I like this. Anytime we come together, we gather like this. What happens is that he has guaranteed his presence. So the spirit comes in a, propel, a dimension and a proportion that is not normal. Now, if the spirit is here and you are going to place a demand, then you should know it's going to happen. It is essential to understand that if God wants to do something with your life, the first thing he will do is the spirit. But, sir, Bible says that in creation, the earth was without form and void. 
and the spirit moved before the word came. And Bible said that when God created man, he was just no, he was just a, a clay from the clay. And Bible said God breathed into him, and he became a living soul. Is the spirit on your life that gives you the divine results? Is the spirit on your life that will make you go that far? Is the spirit on your life? Ha! So Bible says that Jesus Christ, when he was being baptized, before he started his ministry at the, at the river Jordan, Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 3, verse, 50, verse, verse 15 downwards, Bible says that when he was being baptized, when he came out of the water, the heavens were open, and the Spirit of God descended as a dove and alighted upon him. And a voice came from heaven. The voice of validation. Heaven validated him. Why? Because the spirit has come upon him. I see the spirit of God coming upon somebody. Are you testing for the spirit? Are you testing for the spirit? What can stop you from getting into the flow of the spirit is that consciousness. You are thinking about your shoe. You are thinking about who. No, listen, no one cares about you. We are here. I need God though. I need God. Other than that, I cannot be a man of God. I need God. I need God. Bible said, if you are thirsty, come and drink. Some of us, because of the normal social trends, when you come to church, you think you are just in a social gathering, so that's when you have to behave. No, when it comes to receiving from the Holy Spirit, please lose your composure. It's okay. Lose your coolness. It's okay. And when we say pray, if you feel like kneeling down, kneel down and pray. If you feel like screaming, don't be worried about someone is screaming. Just you look for the Holy Ghost. Because when the Holy Ghost comes, the matter, the story changes. And what you need, what you need for that business, what you need for that job, what you need for that parenting skills, what you need for that studies, what you need for that exam, is the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, Bible says that you shall receive power. Someone shall power. Are you hungry for the Holy Ghost? Are you thirsty for the Holy Ghost? Lift up your two and say, Lord, say, Lord, come upon me. Holy Spirit, come upon me. Now, Holy Ghost, come upon me. Now, 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 begin to pray right now. Begin to pray. Shaka kaka kaka kaka. Raka kaka 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 kaka. Begin to pray. 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 Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.